Welcome to the family with Ellie Nick, Alex Brandt, Bernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt, and Cassie Schrader. Asad Meki, our special guest, up next, High Prov with Colin Mockery and Asad Meki, the Ordway on October 27th. It's a Sunday at 7.30. Be right back with Assad right after this with the family. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda encountered a hailstorm. Adjusters flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. We're rocking out, man. Is Asad ready to go? Yes, he is. I'm ready to roll. Asad Mekki, Colin Mockery. High prob with Colin Mockery and Asad Mekki. You know, Asad, I pointed out to Colin, I just talked to Colin yesterday, as a matter of fact, and I pointed out that my one goal in life is to have my picture taken with my thumbs up to my temples and my fingers up to my temples like you do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on out to the show. Well, We'll make it happen, all right? Uh, Asad, have you ever been to the Ordway? Have you ever, you ever been in the building at all? I have not. I'm oh. looking forward to it, though. It is gorgeous. It You're going to love that venue. It's a it's beautiful venue. Really, really nice. A uh, lot of room. A lot of people can get in there. Ordway Center on Sunday, October 27th. It's at 7.30 p.m. High Prov with Colin Mockery and Asad Meki. So basically, from what I can tell from talking to, to Colin, is that you hypnotize him and then he does improv? Or other people? No, actually... So I bring up 20 volunteers, random volunteers from the audience, hypnotize them, whittle it down to the best hypnotic subjects, then enter Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway. Colin will then improvise with the people who are hypnotized on stage while they're under hypnosis. Really? How did this idea ever come? Was this your idea, Asad? 
Yeah, actually, I was at the Second City. I was studying there. I was doing hypnosis shows and performing all, all around the world. Uh, I was performing for Carnival Cruise Lines and Celebrity Cruise Lines, oh, Royal yeah. Caribbean. Yep. And uh, I just wanted to get yep. better at the gig. So I went to the Second City and uh, thought, hey, you know what? Uh, I think hypnosis and improv would work very well together on stage. And who's the best improviser in the world well we call him mockery from whose lines anyway mm -hmm. yeah he is so i ended up i ended up i ended up sending a message through his uh website believe it or not tom just uh, a cold email through his website saying hey i'd really like this uh to work out in that i'd like to uh, combine hypnosis and improv together his Jeff Andrews, Colin's longtime manager, got back in touch with me within 24 hours. Wow. After that, we were on stage at the Second City performing the show within a couple weeks. Wow. What a great – it is a – it's a, a fascinating idea. I – now, Asad, do you understand how the mind works when it does improvisation? Is that part of the whole deal? I mean, when you, when you hypnotize these people, does it work in a different way, do you know? I mean – or is this something so new to everybody, nobody knows what's going to happen? So the part of the mind that deals with self-reflection becomes disconnected when somebody's hypnotized. So they don't, people who are on stage um, don't reflect on their behavior. They just carry out the suggestion, uh, or the suggestions, I, sh I should say. So it makes them into really great improvisers. See, when you when really? you first start improvising and you start learning about the process of improvising at the Second City, for example, um, a lot of first-time improvisers will hesitate. Uh, they'll play to the crowd. They'll get nervous. So that will mm -hmm. mess up their improv. But with hypnotized people on stage, to just carrying out the suggestions. So they become excellent improvisers while under hypnosis. That's so, that's so amazing to me. Do we know a whole lot about the human mind, Asada, or is there so much more to learn as time goes by? Oh, there's tons. I mean, we're, we're just scratching the surface right now. Um, the interesting thing with hypnosis is you're moving the conscious mind aside and you're working directly with the unconscious mind and you're giving suggestions directly to the unconscious mind. So the conscious mind is a critical analytical part of the mind, the part of the mind that you're using right now to take in information. The unconscious mind controls everything else. It controls your autonomic nervous system, your, breathe, your breathing, your blinking. Uh, habits are stored at an unconscious level. That's why hypnosis is great for uh, you know, overeating, nail biting, dealing with habits and changing habits. It also happens to be great for uh, you know, creating these unbelievable improvisers on stage. It was really interesting, uh, Tom. We've had we've interviewed people who've come off stage, and we wanted to know, you know, are you an actor? Are you an improviser? What's your background? Uh, some of the best uh, hypnotized subjects on stage that we had improvising with Colin. One was a uh, a nuclear engineer, and the other one was in cement sales. <laughs> Completely unrelated. Well, you know, but. Shoulder to shoulder on those two <laughs> jobs. <laughs> I guess. I, I, I used hypnosis for childbirth. You did? Oh, you did. That's right. You should talk to Asad about that. I'd love yes, to hear that. I used it's a, something called Hypno Babies, and you do these tracks that you listen to when you're pregnant to talk about how, like, childbirth isn't doesn't have to be painful, and it's a pleasant experience, and blah, 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 blah. And I had two kids, and... Water birth, totally natural, no pain. Really? Yep. 
That's amazing. Yep. Um, actually, believe it or not, in South Florida's largest hospital, Jackson Memorial Hospital, they actually do hand surgeries with hypnosis as the only anesthetic. What? So imagine walking into the OR. Yeah, imagine the uh, imagine walking into the OR. Uh, the psychologist talks to you for ten minutes, gives you the suggestion that your hand is totally numb, and then they go ahead and perform hand surgery on you. And you don't feel a thing. I'm gonna pass. I've, I've, had hand I've also. <laughs> <laughs> You've also what Assad? Yeah. So there, I've also seen uh, painless dentistry done as well. So dentists have been using hypnosis for years um, to produce glove analgesia and glove anesthesia, and you can actually uh, perform major, major surgery with hypnosis as the only anesthetic. So, Assad, you just brought up something I've never known in my entire life, and I had no idea, because I do not have congenital analgesia where people can't feel anything. But what you just described mm-hmm. happens with me, and it's not hypnosis. Well, maybe it is self-hypnosis, and I don't even know it. But I can get a tooth pulled and not take any anesthetic at all. I've had abdominal surgery without any anesthetic at all. But I didn't know why. But I, but I don't. Was I hypnotizing myself somehow and not even knowing it? Possible. Really? I think I'm hypnotizing myself the opposite way. Oh, to feel tri- more pain. I need triple <laughs> anesthetic. Yeah, there you go. I'm serious. I have a low pain tolerance. Do you really? I, I mine really is do. really high. Really high. Not mine. So what is is there any Asad, is there any explanation of why, without even knowing it, why I would have such a high pain tolerance? And I don't know why I do. Nobody else in my family has it. You know, I really couldn't comment. That's beyond my scope of expertise, well, that's for sure. But look, I mean, you know a lot about the brain, a lot more about the brain than I do. So it's got to be a it's got to be a function, the brain function thing, I would think. Or perhaps dysfunction. Well, I mean, like a part of the <laughs> hypnosis for childbirth thing is like just, you know, if you tell yourself something's not going to be painful, you can make it not well, be painful. Well, maybe, like maybe that's what it is. Like those yeah. monks that can do all these, like, crazy things that would normally be horribly painful and they don't feel anything because they just tell themselves it's not going to be. And my dad had a bad case of sleep apnea. I mean, he was a legend. He is a legendary snorer. I mean, like cartoon quality. <laughs> and he it's, went to the doctor. <laughs> he went to the doctor and he, they said, you've got sleep apnea. That's why you're tired all the time and you're snoring and all this stuff. So he got, was my dad, self-help man. He goes to the bookstore, gets a book on self-hypnosis. Really? Really? Yep. And started sleeping great. And it worked? And it worked. How wow. great is that? What, you must hear this all the time, Asad, the things that, peop, that people do with hypnosis. Sure. I mean, with athletes specifically, it helps with sleep yeah. hygiene. So an athlete is uh, about to perform the night before. Oftentimes, they're keyed up. If they do learn how to do self-hypnosis, um, it relaxes them before going to bed at night. Absolutely. Well, not There's all- something called visual motor. Go ahead. Not all people can be hypnotized, right? So there's a, for stage hypnosis, 20% of the population is, is usually good. That, that's approximate, which are oh, they're okay. called somnambulists, yeah. which, which you can create positive hallucinations negative hallucinations, and you can create amnesia on anything. So a positive hallucination would be, uh, I'm going to count from one to three. When I reach the count of three, you're going to hallucinate that there's a baby alien sitting on your lap. 
and then the person hallucinates that they have a baby alien sitting on the lap. A negative hallucination would be I'm going to count from one to three. When I count of three, I'll be gone. You know, I'll no longer be there. You, you'll see right through me. And then amnesia on anything is you can create amnesia on, you know, for, forget your phone number, forget your name, forget your, lo- forget your address. So that's the deepest level, which is uh, somnambulism. And that's what you're looking for when you're looking for good hypnotic subjects on stage. So uh, to answer your question, from a stage perspective, yes, it's a certain percentage of the population that are going to be good hypnotic subjects. The research indicates that dissociatives are the best hypnotic subjects as well. So people are able to get so caught up in what they're watching or what they're reading that they're moved to a physiological response. Mm. So I'll give you an example. If you are the person that when you're in a movie theater, you jump in the horror scene, you're probably going to be a good hypnotic subject. Oh, there's or Kathy. if you're in the movie <laughs> My wife just put her yeah. hand up a yeah. I was told, I was told I can't be I can't be hypnotized. By who? Two different Sorry? hypnotists. No. They told me that I couldn't be put under no. that I couldn't be hypnotized. Huh. Really? Yeah. So I can't comment. I can't comment on on what their uh, you know their ability their their skill set is. But here's what I can. They gave me like ten tests, made me do like ten different things, and they said, "Yeah, yeah you're not you're not oh, a really? candidate." Really? Yeah. So so let me let me comment on that. So when it comes to stage, yes, there's there's a smaller percentage of the population. That's why I bring up twenty volunteers, and then out of the top twenty, I pick the best hypnotic subjects that are going to that respond accordingly to the suggestions and as well i'm i'm constantly calibrating for their unconscious feedback so i i'm looking for changes in rate location of respiration so breathing changes uh skin color changes you go light to dark dark to light i'm looking for uh skin tonus changes there's a shininess and dullness to the skin vasodilation so the capillaries in the eyes become engorged I'm looking for slow, sluggish movement, muted voice, mass-like facial expression. So if I see this list of uh, traits and I see these specific changes, then I'll keep the people up on stage. If I don't, I'll send them back. Hmm. So out of the 20, uh, out of the 20, I'll pare it down most usually to about five that are really good hypnotic subjects. That is a wonderful no, Asad. Well, I'm talking. We're talking to Asad Meki, Colin Mockery as well. High prov with Colin Mockery and Asad Meki at the Ordway Center. It's on Sunday, October 27th, 7:30 p.m. If you, if you don't mind, Asad, very quick, how did you get involved? Were you a very young, like a child or a young man, when your fascination with hypno, hypnosis came along? Yeah, I studied the martial arts for a long time. So meditation, oh, okay. visualization, self-hypnosis, they're all kind of interrelated. Um, you know, I'm certified through the National Guild of Hypnotists. I've, uh, I've studied hypnosis formally at the University of Toronto as well. Um, so that's, uh, or I should say psychology more specifically. And hypnosis is a subset of cognitive behavioral psychology. Yeah, that makes total sense. So you grew up in, in the Toronto area? I grew up actually in northern Ontario, believe it or not. Oh, but really? I've been in Toronto. Yeah, I've been, I've been in uh, Toronto for... Uh, about 20 years. I, I can't say that I, I really live in Toronto. I'm based here because I'm always touring. It seems like it's been pretty much nonstop. Oh. We're, we've been, we've already done eight cities. Wow. Uh, we've got about another 40 plus cities coming up uh-huh. and we're touring across North America. We're doing uh, the U S uh, as well as Canada. Awful. And uh, Awful. things, uh, things are great. 
Yeah, all from an email. Oh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> That's yeah. a great point. That is pretty amazing. All from an email. Well, it sounds like you're very have a, lucky, actually. Well, yeah, and I, I would say, you know, not, you know, you can call yourself lucky, but it was you, a good idea. Yeah, it was a great idea. Yeah. I think I think it's a fantastic idea. I'd love to see it. Do you ever? Is there anything that absolutely comes out of nowhere and surprises you during uh, during any hypnosis in the past few years? Oh, it's always a surprise because oh, is it? Using random people from it's, oh yeah, I, do, I never know what's going to happen because. It's always random people from the audience, and then you've got the best improviser on the, in the, on the face of the earth uh, working with them, and you're like the magic that happens on stage. It's, it's unbelievable, and it, it's hysterical. Like, I mean, Colin is just constantly riffing, and Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway is constantly riffing off these people on stage. And, uh, you know, sometimes, believe it or not, the people who are hypnotized steal the show. Uh, sometimes uh, Colin is the one who who's really driving the comedy on stage, but I get a front row seat to see the best comedy in the world. It's it's absolutely the show Hiprov is absolutely hilarious. Oh, so it's pronounced Hiprov, not Hyprov. Yeah, hypnosis, well, hip- hypnosis, yeah, hip Hiprov, hypnosis, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Assad Meki, Colin Mockery, uh, Hiprov with Colin Mockery and Assad Meki. It is uh, at the Ordway Center. Beautiful, beautiful. If you've never been there, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to love the theater, too. Mm-hmm. Sunday, October 27th at 7.30 p.m. Should be fascinating. Asad, thanks so much for your time today. Great talking to you, sir. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Asad Mecki, ladies and gentlemen. That stuff fascinates I'm surprised me. they can't get a show, TV show on that. They might. Yeah, yeah they might. Yeah. I've had, when I did the Gong Show live, I had hypnotists hypnotist come, and I'll tell you, it's pretty cool. They would hypnotize people. The same thing, they'd bring up 10 people and they'd pick one. And I've seen them get people to eat big onions and think they were oh. the best apple. Oh, the apple, had. yeah. And they would eat it, the whole onion, and, think that, and they kept saying, This is the best apple I've ever eaten. And they would eat a whole onion. <laughs> really? You know what's really? About and I, and, they, and I, the people that they did it to, I knew the people, so I knew they didn't know them because I knew them. Well, did you know that if you cut a potato, into slices and give it to somebody in pitch black, they will eat it and think it's an apple? They will, absolutely. Your, your brain, brain tells you yeah. what it's supposed to taste like. Yeah. My because... brain doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> My brain doesn't. This sucks. Maybe now after the brain injury. No. Things will change for you. <laughs> You're very fortunate to have a brain injury now because things will taste different. Would we'll it have take... been great if you could have uh, all of a sudden spoken some... Yeah, Japanese be, but... or something. <laughs> yeah. What I happened to Bobby? Barely speaking English. She started speaking French for no reason. Remember that? Really? No. Oh, my sister Bobby had it when she had a had a tumor, and she had it removed. She came out of surgery speaking French, but she doesn't speak French. So I'm assuming she she was saying words that sounded French, not real words. Uh, but although maybe I don't know how. I she... know people yeah, start speaking know. in accents. Yeah. I had a friend that. While she was sleeping as a child, spoke an ancient Native American language. Jesus. That's a little, that's a that's little scary. Super creepy. That's, that's Don't called, you remember that? That's called possessed. Yeah, <laughs> possessed. we got to take a break and be right back with the family. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy. So you're splitting the tab at lunch, you're pitching in on a gift for a coworker. maybe you got to pay that football pool entry fee, and you need to settle up now. What do you do if you don't have cash on hand? You could use one of those third-party transferring services that comes with fees and takes days, but how secure are they? Why not send money quickly and safely with the click of a button without the hassle of a middleman? 
What's the answer, Michael? The XCHAT app, brought to you by your local community bank. It's safe, secure, and simple to use. The XCHAT app. Simply add a new contact by entering their name, phone number, and email into the app. Enter a dollar amount and then initiate the transfer. To accept the payment, the contact simply enters their bank information through a secure link sent via text or email. XCheck, safe and simple from my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. If you're one of those folks out there still putting up with contact lenses or dealing with glasses, think just for a moment. What would it be like to wake up to a clear morning and experience your day with all the freedom LASIK brings? Well, I'm living proof. That dream can come true. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With the new year right around the corner, it's time to set your sights on 2020 vision. Get $500 off LASIK through the end of the year at Whiting Clinic. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contacts, then it's time for you to find out if you're a candidate for LASIK. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com for your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Imagine 2020, buy 2020, and let 2020 be your best year yet with $500 off LASIK at Whiting Clinic. Offer expires December 31st, 2019. Both eyes only cannot be combined. Results may vary. so hard to believe that next year, next September, he'll be dead 50 years already. I'm getting old. Jimmy Hendrigo, dead 50 years next September. How old would he be? How would he be? Now, God, I don't even know. I have no he, idea. He would be dead either way. Then, you right? think so? If, I think so, yeah. Was he 20? Well, let me look it up. He was 27, right? Yeah, he's part of the 27 yeah. club. Oh, that's right. He's 27 club. No, so he wouldn't be dead yet. He'd be close. Born 1943. He's 77. Well, that's not dead. It's pretty close. Don't talk to me ever again. That's it. You're out. Well, in his his lifestyle. Yeah. Well, in his lifestyle. No, 27 is about as long as you're going to live. I mean, his lifestyle is 77. Well, I always always thought he died of, like, a heroin overdose, but he didn't. No, No. I had seen a big interview with his dad. It was sleeping pills and alcohol. He rarely ever did drugs. No, he did did do heroin, but everyone thought he died of a heroin overdose, like Janis Joplin and all that, but it was actually... Um, he took some sleeping pills because he was just exhausted from touring, and he washed it down with some wine and didn't wake yeah, up. Killed him, oh yeah. my god! So, Remember, and the Spinal Tap, great Spinal Tap. Well, he did choke to death too. He yeah. Oh. But the great Spinal Tap bit. Remember that? Influenced by that? No. Oh, uh, remember that old bandmate, he was a wonderful guy. That horrible thing that happened to him that night when he choked to death on somebody else's vomit. Oh, <laughs> God. I'm going to go throw up right now. Thanks. I never really got Spinal Tap that much. I understand what you're saying. It, it, it's... Being did. in the music business, I thought I, it was wonderful. I think wonderful. it was pre-my time, and it doesn't really... Yeah, maybe. But being in the, in the record business and the record guy, you know, Paul just, Schaefer is phenomenal in it. Yeah. He's great yeah. in it. I just always was like, eh, it's something off. I don't think it. I've ever seen it. We'll turn on amps up to it. 11. Ours go to 11. Much better than 10. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Okay. Well. I think they eventually did make it. Marshall stacked it went to 11. I think they did. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And then uh, uh, Harry Shear gets caught in the pod. He's playing his bass in the pod, and the door won't open. Now, there's some funny stuff, but it's just. There is. It just doesn't relate no, I to understand. my generation. I understand that whole deal. And remember, they they had uh, Fred Willard come in as like some general, army general. Yeah. Please welcome up on stage, Spinal Tarp. <laughs> Spinal Tarp. Sp- very famous Spinal Tarp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, well, you know. I was walking in here yesterday, and a guy was carrying a spine. A spine? Yep. Must be a chiropractor Why? nearby. Yeah, there yeah. must be a chiropractor. Yeah. He had a spine and a pelvis just dangling from his hand. I was like, I ask as people do. Because yeah. <laughs> I asked this of Catherine and Katie and Dana last night, but I, two days ago, I'm cutting something with a pair of scissors, right? So I'm cutting, cutting, as cutting. You do. And the scissors snapped in half and cut the piss out of the end of my garbage from China. Is that what it is? Basically, a paper cut. I mean, it literally (laughs) snapped in half. Like, what the hell? The same thing happened to me yesterday. How can you snap a pair of scissors in half? Because they're Chinese garbage. And by the way, it didn't separate at the little screw part. You know, the pivot. They broke. No, they just snapped. The handle snapped (laughs) right off. I've had that happen before. Yeah. Jesus, really? It's called Chinese garbage. I had a. I had a. um, Hey, you're out of the mix then. (laughs) No billions for you. A kitchen shears do that. Yeah, really? You did? It was very scary because it, yeah, the one piece, you know, I mean, kitchen shears are made for cutting, you know, Hmm. big things. And the piece came off and turned around and jabbed me right by where my veins and my wrist were. Do you know how much a good pair of scissors cost? No. A lot. Do they really? Yes. They do really? Yeah, like 70 bucks. For a pair of scissors? Yep. That's not the plastic handle ones, obviously. Nope. If you want to the buy a ones. really good pair of scissors, they're like, say, if you go to estate sales, you can find the old all-metal ones. For oh, like those were bucks. the best. I got, I got, like, teachers in, always I got like 10 pairs of them, so I, they'll never go back. I got one of those in Florida where you can literally, you, you can take it apart and then connect it and lock it in. Yeah. It's all metal. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's a wonderful pair of scissors because I like stabbing things. It's a wonderful <laughs> pair of scissors. You know, that's how, how deep and abiding my life is, my, my love for life, when my highlight is a wonderful <laughs> pair of scissors. <laughs> Isn't it? I, well, I, I, great. I appreciate quality tools. So yeah, I understand. You always good as the tool you're using. Mm-hmm. So if you're using crap, it's going to be crap. I uh, know. It's, it, it, it's true. Mary York was hailed as a hero after the Indiana mom called 911 in December to report that her son was armed and heading for a school that he had threatened to shoot up, but now she's in jail. The 14-year-old boy ultimately killed himself after shooting at police who had arrived at Richmond's David W. Dennis Intermediate School in response to York's call. Wayne County prosecutors who on Friday charged York with six felonies and a misdemeanor say York's son had been in a mental health facility from which she prematurely removed him and that he had been on prescription medication she took him off of when she, he said it made him feel odd. The affidavit also says, per the New York Times, a teen had fired a gun inside their home hmm. on October in October 2018. Red flag, red flag. Two months before the December 13th school incident, York failed to report the incident to police. Medical records show the boy had said voices were telling him to kill people, okay. students who bullied him. There were no documented bullying incidents in the school records outlined in the affidavit. York said he had been bullied there in the past when he was a student there. So oh. he was hearing and seeing things, and she did nothing about it. The new law in Minnesota, the schools don't have to report to police. They get three times a semester. 
What? They can com- yeah, three times a semester they can commit a felony. A felony? Yeah. At school? Yeah, and then not what? report to police. Yeah, look it up. Why would they want to do that? Give kids a second chance. Second chance. Three times a quarter? No, three times a school year. Well, what about somebody that's, like, threatening to do something terrible and then they do it? I'm just telling you what the law says, man. That doesn't make any sense. Do you think we'll ever understand that this permissive society we live in is causing a lot of people to die? People, some people are so stupid, they cannot be allowed to do whatever they want. I'm sorry. They're just not smart enough to know that's not right. People are dying in droves because of these dumbass laws these politicians are laying out there. Ah, it's so frustrating. Well, it's all to keep the crime rate down on paper. Yeah, that's what, it's money. That's the whole thing's about money. Investments in the working. city. It's not working. People are... No, it's not. People, well, it's good if people are eventually going to see the truth. Yeah. I hope so. Crime rate How on bad the does it have rising. to get before people will be like, okay, that's enough well, now. Listen, just a month ago, Minneapolis was world was on the world news. I was in Italy. It was on the news in Italy yep. about the beating near Target Center. Yep. And guess what? Now it's all gone and nobody talks about it no more. Yeah, whatever think, happened to those I don't think kids? anybody was ever punished. Oh, they were arrested, but they were only charged with, with robbery. With robbery, yeah. Okay. They tried to kill the kid, basically. Well, he's, he's got serious brain issues. and. But that's were... okay, huh? That's just fine. Can Unbelievable. I, can, can people like him news. start suing the city of Minneapolis? I would hope so. Yeah, they, he should. He should sue I the think, piss I out of Minneapolis. Think, I would think the victims should be able to start suing the city of Minneapolis. Well, you have some sort of expectation yeah. that you should be able to walk around downtown Minneapolis without... A gang of people and, and what's, beating what's, the crap what's out of you. What's unbelievable? Downtown Minneapolis is one of the smallest downtown areas exactly. in any size city it's in the country. It's ridiculous. It's literally 15 blocks long. You can't protect that. I know. It's 15 by like eight. They won't blocks let them wide. protect it. <laughs> they can protect it, it but they won't let them. It's the heartbeat of the city, man. It's where all our corporate tours come. You can't fix that area. I know. It's they ridiculous. Just don't want it. I just don't understand. People are going to just—I I don't know. Can is it is it legal a, to sue the a, city? I don't, well, <laughs> it, it, you can sue the city, um, but it has to be something that has already been reported, and there are no actions. Like the people that called nine one one and nobody came, they might have a chance. Oh, because there was over five thousand unanswered nine one one calls in the last twelve months. Five thousand? Yeah, you don't know that. Eight buckets. Yeah. Jesus, Palomino. Over five thousand unanswered. They called nine one one. Nine one one answered, but nobody was dispatched. That's like fifteen a day. Well, that's how many happened in the last twelve months in the city of Minneapolis, Jesus. where no cops were dispatched to that nine one one call because there, there's only two cops a day handling nine one one calls because there's not oh, enough cops. Oh the God. whole force is only seven hundred some police officers. How are they going to have enough cops? That they can't work twenty four hours. Every day, mm-hmm. so on like Mondays and Tuesdays, there's only two cops, literally two cop cars answering 911 calls. So if all of us here call 911, too know, bad. Somebody's not Take getting a the call. And, and the, average, the average time right now is like an hour 40 minutes for response, where the minimum time is 18 minutes. So most of the time, after half an hour, even the victims are gone. So that's just Minneapolis, though. Yeah, just and city Minneapolis. So if you but live out of same way, if you live out of the city, it's totally different. Okay. Yeah, you call you call cops and Rogers. They're at your house in two seconds. Maple yeah. Grove, any of those cities, but any of the suburban cities. Why do people continue to vote for these psychopaths? I don't get that. It's it's a game being played that nobody un- knows the real truth, and they're kind of just snowball. They just get into this. Yeah. Think it's 
all cool and progressive and thriving. Progressive to allow people to be brutalized by criminals. That's yeah, progressive. These, these, okay. these politicians are good at how they present it, man. Oh, God. They're oh, such Well, they've scumbags. got these sound bites. They just, they just Jacob stay Jacob Fry's on. been pushing affordable housing since he's before he got elected. There's still no affordable housing. Right, right. <laughs> it doesn't exist. It does not exist. Well, Tons they, no, of they've actually built, they've built quite a few. What, $1,500 a month studios? Yeah. Well, no, housing? no. What they've, what they've done now is they every time somebody builds an apartment complex or even condos i do believe now they have to have so many units inside the building and they do that but they're still not that they're still fifteen hundred dollars a month but then they get but those rent, renters or whatever get subsidies from the city yeah they get yeah. welfare yeah because you can you know in a condo you can't say you can't set prices like that so if you're helping people to buy within a building that's kind of what they're doing yeah, I just look into those cases. I, I still don't understand how it is that all those people I grew up with were not on any kind of the dole. A lot of people in my neighborhood would not go on welfare. No, they wouldn't do same it. Same with Philadelphia, it wouldn't happen. They wouldn't do it. And now, of course, they got all these people. It's the first thing they want to do: is sit around on their ass and do nothing and take money from and the government. People don't understand. There's a good percentage of people who do collect welfare in Minneapolis, Hennepin County. They also collect welfare in Cook County, in Chicago. It's not. That's not your phone. No. I don't know what that was. My oh. old phone. Oh, so Turtle Dove down there stirring the pot. That's really nice. But there's a lot of people double dipping in Cook County and Hennepin County. Oh, God. They take yes. the mega bus back and forth and they collect in both cities. Just the mega bus. cities don't talk. No, I know. They don't, they oh, don't yeah, keep, I know. They don't, they don't say, hey, this person's collecting well for here. Hey, this person's collecting well for They don't do that. I just don't understand you how... You think with the internet that they you, could figure that you out. You would think, wouldn't you? You would think. But they, they don't want to know. Just a little know. fingerprint. Scan it. They don't want to know. By the way, if I hear one more politician talking about health care, uh, and they use the, the phrase government-funded health care, it's taxpayer-funded. It's not government-funded. No, no. Stop they have a big old pile of money that it's just magical, no Tom. You don't know about <laughs> the magic trees. money There's mountain? Some money trees There's have. a money tree. They, got those. <laughs> they have a bunch of trees in greenhouses where it, they're growing. It is not government funded. It's taxpayer funded. Give credit where credit's due. You're going to take money from working people to pay for your pipe dream. I thought uh, they already did that. They do. But that's what that's where we are right now. Everybody in America. You know who you know who can't get medical care they deserve? Me. Taxpayers. <laughs> the people who are actually paying taxes can't get the medical care no. they need no. because insulin's too expensive. But not but if, if you go in the emergency room. You can get Narcan that's for free. Exactly, for free free Narcan and that was used to be what, like five hundred bucks a pop? Oh, it's more than that. It's more than that. Yeah. And methadone programs. Oh, that's all free too, I, I, isn't I it? I don't even what understand that. Methadone's just synthetic heroin. So yeah, that's just, all it is. It's just, it's just giving people free dope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand where we're headed. I just don't. That's like you want to quit cigarettes, we'll, oh, give, you, we'll give you government cigarettes. We do have to, you want to take a, the break early? Yeah, we well, can. You do it. Yeah, we can do it because we were about a minute and a half over the last one. Anyway, we'll take a quick break. Guests coming up right after this with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant. 
whatever it takes. It's Tom telling you that you can lose an average of 26.2 pounds on the 40-day weight loss program powered by Nutramost. I lost 92.5 pounds in less than five months thanks to the Sheehy Brothers and the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program powered by Nutramost. And I encourage you to let them help you lose weight as they teach you how to stay healthy and keep that weight off. Take it from me. Having a coach keeps you accountable and it makes achieving your goals so much easier. Let the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program powered by Nutramost help you. Schedule your immediate consultation or attend the Nutramost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, August 19th at Jake's in Plymouth. Call now, 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Study data comes from clients submitted data to a third party for tracking of daily weight loss and progress through the Nutramost weight loss programs. See website for full disclaimer details. Uh-oh. Cassie's in a rock and roll mood today. Got a little Led Zeppelin, got a little uh, Metallica. Jimmy Hendrix. I still love that. That when when uh, John Lee Hooker did a song, a tribute to Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin, he said it like this: "The one and only Jimi Hendrix." <laughs> I loved it. Always loved it. I remember that tape, that, that sound bite. Yes, from Endless Boogie. Yeah. Endless Boogie. Hike Across America, ladies and gentlemen, kicked off in New York City on 9-11. All proceeds from Hike Across America benefited the Gary Sinise Foundation's RISE program, which is building specially adapted smart homes for most uh, our most severely wounded heroes. The book, Keep Your Feet Moving, Seven Principles to Get You Through the Tough Times. T. Shane Johnson, how are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? Doing extremely well. Tell me all about this stuff. I love this when people get out there and they get moving. And, and uh, first of all, Gary Sinise is one of my favorite people in the world, anyway. Yeah, we're very fortunate to uh, have the opportunity to, to partner in the sense of raising funds for the project this year. Um, you know, kind of kind of really what it entails is over the last four years, I've run across the country uh, every year, just in different locations, different cities, speaking along the way. And, telling the stories of my experiences and then of course you know raising funds or helping a cause so this year Gary Sinise Foundation was the one that we wanted to assist with our project and we started at 9-11 and we complete uh, 1100 miles of running carrying 100 pounds every day and speaking in about 36 different venues uh, about 180,000 people in total about leadership and family values that's just crazy that is (laughs) (laughs) there you go that's just crazy I just think it's it's we need more of the positivity that you and Gary Sinise and people like you put out there. T. Shane, one of the things that I try to do, I, I do a morning show and this show in the afternoon. And on both shows, I talk a lot about the fact that, you know, because every time you tune in the news now, Mr. Johnson, you hear, oh, the, we're, we're just at each other's throats. We're just so divided in this country. No, we're not. The far left is, the far right is, the 90% of us in the middle are just trying to get through life without those people on the edges just driving us nuts. Uh, People are like you, like Gary Sinise, like many, many, many other people. You want to help people. That's that's the whole deal. Try to, you know, try to try to help people, try to make life better for everybody and therefore making your life much better. I'm assuming T. Shane, is that right? Yes, sir. I think probably a better way, you know, to kind of put it into context is that, you know, policy, politicians, and government are never going to fix it. You know, it comes back to people at the dinner table. 
taking time as families yep. to engage with your children and your partner, letting them know how important they are. I mean, you know, I've done this every year, you know, talking and being engaged with the homeless. I've, I've spent two years on the streets myself. And usually what you see is a byproduct of the drugs and alcohol addiction is because people spent more time on their actual business than they did on their family business. And then nowadays, you're right. You know, one thing for me is I engage with so many people across the country in different cities and communities and in different backgrounds. And, you know, social media is, is developed, its platform is developed to advertise directly towards your likes and wants and right. never open up your mind so that you can see other things, you know, and when you get out there and you shake someone's hand from a position to Army, Navy, Marine Corps, to cadets, to, you know, the homeless population, I mean, these are all just people wanting to take part of what was sold to them in the original thought process of the American dream. And they want to give to it, and they're just tired of all the noise, and they need strong leaders. That's, that's really yep. what it comes down to is this very big lack of leadership. That's what we're hoping to instill, you know, with doing this on the platform. That is a great – oh, you know, I should have asked you right up front, do you pronounce your name T-Shane? Yes, sir. You I just it. wanted to make sure because I've seen it spelled that way. Other times they don't pronounce the T. It's, it's just Shane. But I've seen it, and it's spelled the same yeah. as yours. Yeah, so I just wanted to make sure I got your name right. T. Shane Johnson, our special guest. Keep your feet moving, seven principles to get you through the tough times. Seven principles. And I don't want you to give the book away. Obviously, the book is available at Amazon. But just a couple of things that, that, that you brought bring up in your book, I'd like to hear. To get you through the tough times, because, you know, whether people are having tough times or not, that's the other thing I would say, T. Shane, is that, one thing that's bothering me right now, uh, and, and I understand why people are getting there because of social media and because of the politicians and Hollywood and the you know the national news and all the rest of it, people just, uh, they want to be a victim. Everybody's a victim now. So getting through tough times, you don't have to be a victim. So if they pick up your book, they don't have to be victimized anymore, do they? No, sir. I mean, look, you know, pain is built by design. By design, and I usually say this in a lot of my speeches. You know, we as humans purchase pleasure for our inability to endure pain. You know, it's the first thing that we try to do is we try to run from it. And corporate America really sells on that idea. The media sells on that. You know, that you want to run away from the pain, avoid the pain, avoid the difficult things, make everything easier. You know, I think that's what makes Marines, you know, so great in what they do and, and have, you know, in 243 years of tradition is, is that, you know, we embrace the suck. We look at the pain as the best part. I mean, no one wants to read a story about something that was easy all the time. You know, they want to hear about that struggle. And I think we need to kind of run towards it a little bit more and talk about that pain and utilize it as a pleasure and say that it's part of the process so that we can really appreciate that part, the other part of it. I mean, you know, as a leader, I always tell people, look, it's not sexy and it's not glamorous. It's not supposed to be. You know, it's a position that you take when you raise your right hand and commit to the country and commit to the people that you're going to sacrifice your free will so that others can have it. And, you know, and that book really talks about that. It talks about just basic principles to help you alleviate, you know, some of the things in your day, but, you know, head towards it. I mean, when you get up in the morning, it's just as simple as making your bed. Just taking a little bit of time to make your bed and engage. Make sure that, you know, it's prepped and ready. And no matter what happens at the end of the day, you know, and how bad your day may be, you'll come back to that simple task that you started first thing in the morning that you accomplished with, you know, just a nice bed to lay into. I mean, I think, I think we overthink things in general, and it just makes it a little simple and a little easier for us to uh, to get through that. I think you're right. Actually, have you ever seen that, that documentary, Make Your Bed? No. You haven't? It's, yeah, it's, I have. Yeah, it's a military guy. I think he's, he's a sergeant, I believe, and he teaches you to make your bed in the morning, and that should guide your whole day. You know what's weird about that, that you guys both bring that up? Is I if I don't make my bed right away, it doesn't get made. 
Yeah, and your whole day goes like that. And your whole day goes like that. You're absolutely right. So you wake up and make your bed every day, your whole day stays organized. I never make my bed. (laughs) My daughter, T. Shane, just said, I never make my bed. So that's great news. I don't. Apparently I'm a mess. You're a mess over there. (laughs) i got to read this paragraph. I love this paragraph. In this book, in his book, Keep Your Feet Moving, T. Shane Johnson offers seven principles for getting through hard times. His leadership and direction are based not on management theories learned in a classroom, but on real life. Life challenges that he has experienced. That's why I think it's so much more. It's very valid because you've actually been through all this stuff. I have, yes, sir. Yeah, I think. Well, you know, as, as a leader, I think it's important to respect those and not just say it, but do it. And that's the reason why I run my three companies, take time for my daughter, you know, run across the country, you know, break world records, you know, give back to the community. And I'm not asking people to do all those things, but I am asking them just to take that one percent focus on. You know, try to make their lives a little better and a little easier, you know, raise their children the best that they can. So, you know, I mean, yeah, I've, I've went through, I've died three times, I've, I've been homeless, I've lost everything, and yes. I've also built it back to over $40 million a year's worth of companies, you know, after that. So, you know, we look, I'm, I'm not smart, I'm just will outwork you, and I won't quit. And I think that's just a simple, simple platform that most people know, but they'd rather buy a whole bunch of books and read a whole bunch of stuff to think there's something different. But reality, yeah. it's just, just that simple. Yeah, it is. A, it is absolutely. You know, it's really great. T. Shane is in the last few days on this show, interviewing people. We're trying to get people to come on the show, and I'm I'm really happy you would agreed to come on because I, I just the positive lessons in life. We had a man on yesterday, Doctor Singh. Doctor Aaron Singh is his name. He was born in a very tiny town in India. He was born with a one of his hands is paralyzed. He has dyslexia. He came to America with $5 in his pocket from India, and he now is one of the most successful heart surgeons in the history of the world. So this guy ha- can do heart surgery with one hand. That's pretty amazing, don't you think? Yeah, that, 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 oh, absolutely. You know, it's funny. A lot of people, especially in the veteran, you know, the, I, I speak a lot different than a lot of veterans. You know, nowadays the narrative, you know, I, I, I don't believe in the fact that we should be you know, broken or weak. You know, I think that we are the leaders of the free world. We're the tip of the spear when it comes to our country. Mm-hmm. And someone asked me the other day, you know, I was giving a speech and they said, you know, you sacrifice so much for your country. And I'm like, I didn't sacrifice anything for my country. I said, the second that I found out that this was the greatest country in the world, mm-hmm. when I was 23 years old and made $66,000 in a month, because at that point, I had the opportunity to be valued based on what I thought I was worth. And that living in this country offered me the opportunity to take advantage of that. And I went after it to you know, being relentless. And that's just the amazing thing about this country is, is that this is the only place where you can come here, serve, give back, get out into the world and be paid exactly what you think you're worth. And that's just that's just amazing. And, you know, we need to hear more stories because people come from other countries and they're four times, um, you know, uh, successful than those that, that actually live in the country. So it's just it's just amazing to hear that stuff. But it's, it's definitely, a, you know, the greatest country ever. And you take advantage of it. You can have everything you want. And sure. I love hearing this because I'm just so tired of the American dream is dead. No one can get ahead. Right. Everything's oh, stacked against dead. you. Oh, my God. It's all terrible. It's ridiculous. But everybody comes from another country and, and does it. They do it. But yeah, the politicians like are the ones that are telling us this stuff yep. because uh, they want yep. you to be fearful so you'll vote for them. The American dream is far from dead. Yes, it is. I agree with that completely. I, You know, I can use myself as an example to grow up a very poor kid 
dropped out of high school, spent one day in college, and was able to achieve everything I ever had dreamed of, of achieving because I had some good people around me and some terrible people around me too. But but if you dream it in America, I to this day it can happen absolutely. If you dream it, it will happen in America you if you work hard. You, you got to put the work in. The work. You do. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. I love the fact that you're putting out the the, the, the books, T. Shane. Uh, the book is out now. You work with Gary Sinise. I already said that one of my favorite people in the world. Anyway, uh, I, I, do we still? Is it still true that 22 veterans? What is that? 22 veterans a day kill themselves. Is that true? Yes, sir. It is. I think the numbers oh. are tad bit skewed. It might be a little higher in different areas. I mean, you know, yeah. it, yeah. it, it's, it's, suicide is suicide's become kind of a fad. It seems like something new that, that everybody wants to do. I'm not sure. I mean, 935 teens attempt suicide today um, oh. on a day, which blows the veteran numbers wow. way out. And, and the police um, suicides just, up too. It's just an interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I, and I, I, you know, look, I mean, I I can't speak, you know, from everybody's perspective, but I know the second that I became a father to my daughter, you know, there is nothing in this world that is more important than her, and I would never want to show her that no matter how tough it gets that I run away from it. You know, I have to lead from the front. I think I think what I see, you know, in all the homeless and all the people I've you know, worked with over the last four years, it really comes down to, you know, dads are really dropping the ball. They're, they're, they're not taking the time to invest and their, their partner and their family and their homes. And in America, you know, we justify, you know, how important we are to how many hours we work. You know, when you, oh, I work 100 hours, I'm such a hard worker, I'm such a grinder, and they're proud of that, you know, when in fact they're, they're, they're negating the number one business with the largest return on investment that they have, which is their children and their family. And I think we need to kind of take back to that a little bit and invest in that and accept that that's okay. I think we'd have probably a lot less problems in the world if we started to do that a little more. You know, Tishan, I got to tell you, now you put me in a, a rough situation because my daughter's <laughs> sitting right here. Now I have to be a good father and everything. Way to go. <laughs> Never too late. Yeah. It's going to be hard for you, I know. It's going to be hard for me to the do it. The bar has said hi, Tom. Yeah, you know, it's funny, Tishan, is this show started because I wanted to work with my wife, our son, and our daughter, and this way I suckered into them working with me. So I get to spend more time with them. It's wonderful. <laughs> it is just terrific. That's awesome. We need a lot more people to to step up and write books and do TV shows. Check out the Gary Sinise Foundation. It's S N I I S E Gary Sinise Foundation dot org. Uh, check out Keep Your Feet Moving. Seven Principles. Could you just get, do you have one of the principles that's that's kind of your favorite? I know you're obviously fond of all seven, but there's one that you consider more important than all the rest. I, you know, no, I don't. I think okay. they're all equal. I mean, it's, it's just each, each day I apply those basic, you know, seven principles and, and get through the day. So, I mean, to me, it's, I do like making my bed. I, I do like that first principle of waking up in the first mm-hmm. in the morning and, and getting that objective and, and knocking that out of the park. It does at least, again, if I don't do anything else, at least I did that. So it does help. That me is a very good documentary to watch. Is it? Yes. I'll have to I give it a whirl. I recommend it to anyone. You can find it on YouTube. It's I will have to give bed. it a whirl. The book, again, called Keep Your Feet Moving, Seven Principles to Get You Through the Tough Times. T-Shane, I'm telling you what, it was great talking to you. We need, we've had a nice run of people that are just working hard. Uh, achieving the things they want to achieve, whether it's Dr. Aaron Singh, uh, it's you. We've had a a bunch of really good people on talking about what it's like. We had a woman on earlier today, a doctor, and she uh, has had traumatic brain injuries, two of them, and she has taught herself. 
she forgot how to cook. She was a great cook, but taught herself how to get past that. And now she's helping people with, uh, you know, with TBI. I just think having guests like you on is a very, very good thing for our listeners to know that there are people that care about them. Even if you don't know them, you care about them. And I really find it to be a great message. Thank you, sir. Yeah, my pleasure. And the same goes to you, you know, without your having your platform to allow us to share the message to so many people and, and let them know that we're out here fighting the fight and that they can too, you know, and have it. So it's, it's a, it's a mutual effort. So I appreciate that. And you taking the time to spend the time with your family too. It, it, it you know, makes our message even stronger. It's wonderful. T. Shane, stay in touch. Love to talk to you, man. Thank you. Quick question yes, for sir, you. We'll do. Thank you. Okay. Quick question for you. Yes. Do you remember doing the voiceover for Con Agra Frozen Foods? Oh, a long time ago. Yeah. So Douglas Barton says hello. He's who hired you. Doug Barton did. Yeah. <laughs> Honest to God. Yeah. How does he know that? Where did that all come from? Uh, I posted I'm going to be on the show every Wednesday, and he that? said, "Oh, Tom was I hired Tom back in the '80s and '90s. Yep. The client was Con Agra Frozen Foods. I'm sure he'll remember." I do remember. <laughs> and everybody still thinks that's me doing the, the movie trailer for Ragtime, but it's not. Now it's that you're up in Alan Blevis. Now that you're up in Dayton, you're getting a little bit of the Minnesota accent there. Yeah, you really are. <laughs> frozen foods. <laughs> frozen you just said frozen foods. foods. <laughs> <laughs> Great guests yet again today, we're, and that's what we're trying to do with the morning show and this show is tell everybody and show, not tell everybody, but show everybody. The world doesn't suck. The United States is not a horrible place. It's a wonderful place. Yeah, travel someplace else. Yeah, go and then somewhere come back else and tell me how bad it. you've got it. Yeah. So yeah, that, I mean that's the thing. It, it, it's a great place. A lot of wonderful people like T. Shane, and Dr. Singh, and uh, Dr. Stoika. I mean, a lot of tons of really really good people, and I I learned that I should learn how to hypnotize myself so I could take even more pain from knowing. You might not be able to be hypnotized like me. There's a possibility. Yeah. It is a possibility. If your brain moves too fast, you can't be hypnotized. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. That's very hard for me to meditate because of that. Monkey yeah, mind. My brain never Monkey quits. mind? I'm awesome at meditation. You are? <laughs> I can just like. Just lock right in? Yeah, I think I Nancy's just, the same. Like, she totally... falls asleep in one second where it takes me five hours. Yeah, she falls asleep in one second so... when I do 38 uh, milligrams of THC. <laughs> I fall right to sleep. It's wonderful. There you go. We'll talk to you later with the family. <laughs>